Hey, you're listening to the GGC Life Podcast. Weekly messages from our Sunday services. We hope this message encourages you. Be blessed. You know, we live in a really interesting time right now. And um, I think for a lot of people, this can be a very uh, scary time. But also, I believe for the church, it should be a really exciting time to be alive. See, I believe in this season... Uh, as the world gets a bit darker and, and as things start to get a bit um, hopeless in, in the world and, and people don't know where to turn, things are, things are slowed down and, and people are starting to freak out. This is when the church of Jesus Christ actually shines its brightest. See, the Bible says that we are a city on a hill. We are a light shining. So we are called to be so shining bright when the world gets darker. And I'm excited about this. But see, the thing is, see, the enemy wants to rob um, you and I of the opportunity for what God wants to do um, through our lives. See, what God wants to do something in you. So he can do something through you to impact those around you. And the enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy what, is, what God wants to do in you. But I believe um, that, that we can overcome, that we are more than conquerors. We are more than overcomers. And uh, God is going to do exceedingly, abundantly, and above all you can ever ask, imagine, in and through your life. See, God wants to work through you. And the enemy wants to rob you and stop you through fear worry and anxiety. He wants to use these three tools to take you out of the race. But this morning, I believe that God wants to break depression off people's lives. I believe that God is going to break fear, break worry, break anxiety off your life right now, right where you are. If you believe it, say amen with me. Why don't you turn to the book of uh, Matthew, the gospel of Matthew in your Bible, chapter 6. Just flick over. Uh, and while you're doing that, I just want to tell you a quick story. So I've been married about 15 years. No, I have been married 15 years. I, I know when I've been, I know my, yeah, 15 years this year. And you would think that for someone who's been married for the same person for 15 years, that I would know a thing or two about when to listen, when to speak, and when to keep my big mouth shut. Amen. Does anyone else in the same, you know, you know when you've spoken and you're like, I probably shouldn't have said that. Well, that happens to me all the time, especially when my wife comes home from work. So she'll come home from work and you can see it in her face that something is quite not right. And you're like, oh no, here we go. And you're like, hey babe, you're trying to be all loving and compassionate. What's happening? You okay? She goes, babe, you wouldn't believe my day. And she starts rattling off like, you know, everything that's going on, all her problems. And this is what she's afraid of and this and this and this. And, and while I'm listening to this, um, I know exactly what I'm going to say. Like, I've already figured out this is going to help you in exactly what you need to hear in this moment. So once she's done, she goes, and she goes, and she, I, I feel like she's saying, what do you think about this? And then the mighty, the mighty man of God that I am, I step into the picture. I'm like, honey, just don't worry about it. And you know, in that moment, as the words are escaping my mouth, I see the look on her face begins to change. And I'm like, I've said the wrong thing. Is anyone else listening out there? Who, who, anyone else can relate when you've accidentally said, do not worry? Hey, comment below real quick. Um, who are the people who actually hate hearing, do not worry about it? Be, be honest, who hates hearing it? Don't nudge your partner right now. I can see you nudging. And who's on the other end of the spectrum? Who actually is the one? 
one, just like me, he's always telling people not to worry about it. And they end up have that's anyone else out there? I can see hands being pointed. Don't point to your spouse because you're with them in their house. Anyway, you know, we in chapter six, Jesus gives us the biggest just don't worry about it lecture ever. Sometimes you can feel like that, but it's actually more than that. And um, if you really tune into what he's saying, something uh, powerful and profound is said in his words. Why don't we read it together? It says, Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you'll put on. Is not life more important than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value than they? Of which of you by Warren can add a, a one cubit to his stature? If that was me, I would be the tallest person in the world right now. So why do, why do you worry about clothing? And then he continues, Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I say to you, even Solomon, all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you little faith? So therefore do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For after these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all of these things. Verse 33, this is the kicker. But seek first the kingdom of of God and His righteousness. And then all these things that you're worried about, they're going to be added to you. So therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. You know, this is something that I've personally struggled with for years. I was a, I was a victim of worry and fear. About 10 years ago, I lived in a state of, de- of, of, of depression, a state of anxiety, where I, I developed a, a, my own reality of, of, of things, and I worried about everything. It gripped my heart. Anxiety became my friend. But these words that Jesus spoke has changed my life forever. My prayer is that whatever you're going through right now, whatever you're, whatever you're anxious about, right where you're sitting, that God's words will change your life forever like He did for me. It can be done. Amen. But you can hear it in the words of Jesus. It's like He's saying, hey, look around. There's millions of birds just flying about. And they get fed. And they don't do anything for it. You know, they don't sow. They don't reap. And it's like... If God feeds his own pets, the birds, as if he's not going to look after you and I. I've got a pet. I'm proud this morning to say that I am a cat owner. Yes, amen to all the cat people out there. We give a high five over the airwaves. I love my cat. If you're listening, meow, meow, meow. And, um, you know, um, she's incredible. I feed her. But how much more? I've got kids as well. How much more would I not look after my kids compared to my cat? Of course I will. You know, in the same way whom God created you in His very image, He designed you perfectly, uniquely from all other creatures and allows His Spirit to live inside of you. How much more will He not look after you if He looks after the things of this world? Then He ends with this power line. He ends with this line. It's a powerful line. And he goes, but seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and then they'll be added. See, there's a shifting in focus from the things of this world to the things of the other world, of his world and his kingdom. We're set in our minds, not on things here, but on things above. Jesus, he uses his words so carefully. Like he doesn't say, hey, seek after God. 
Think about it. He doesn't say seek after God. He doesn't say seek after me. He says to seek after his kingdom. You see, when you seek a kingdom, you seek a king. And when you're in the presence of a king, all of a sudden you realize that everything has to bow down to that king, that he is in charge and everything must listen to the king. That's why we seek his kingdom. Could the key of our anxiety lie in a perspective shift? Could it be that when we acknowledge and seek his kingdom, when we see that he is king, our worries and our anxieties must bow to that king? So I believe that God will give you everything. If, you, if, if you're not a Christian right now, at the end of this um, sermon, I would love to talk to you about what it means to follow Christ. But the best thing is, is that we serve a king and a kingdom that's everlasting. And all things must bow down to the name of Jesus. And the best thing is, I'm a child of God. All these things, I don't worry about them because they come after me when I seek his kingdom. So if you're if you want to live a life that's anxious-free, my title of my message this morning is Done With Worry. I am done with worry. If you are done with worry this morning, then we need to do these few steps that I think will help us to break off any anxiety and every fear that's on your life. If you're done with worry, if you're over this anxious state you're in, the three things we need to do. We need, first thing we need to do, we need to come to Jesus with a surrendered posture. We need to come to Jesus with a surrendered posture. See, posture gives expression to our attitudes of our heart. Our posture will actually show what's going on on the inside. In 1 Peter chapter 5, if you want to write it down, if you want to turn there with me. This is Peter and, he, and, and he's speaking and, and he says a crazy line. He says, he says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that He may lift you up in due time, casting all your cares. Some translations say cast, others say cast in, but cast all your anxieties on Him because He cares for you. He cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind that your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour, and he continues. But I believe that humility, if you're done with worry, if you want to come to Jesus with a, with, with a posture, a surrendered posture, humility is the key to a surrendered posture. See, he says three times, Peter goes, um, young men, be subject to your elders, to surrender to your elders. And then he goes, all of you, clothe yourself with humility towards one another. And then he says, humble yourselves under the mighty hand. You see, it begins by learning the art of humility towards each other first. Because if we can't humble towards his creation, how are we ever going to humble ourselves before the creator? You know, so many times, and I've struggled with this, you know, when someone wants to bless you, someone wants to give you something, or someone wants to help you out, like the, the selfish, selfishness of us is like, oh, no, 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 I don't need that. I can do that on my own. You know, and we have this attitude, and I've been taught this, you know, by, by people. It's like, no, no, you need to fend for yourself. You need to be proud and strong and, and not have any help from others. If that's how we are with each other, we are never going to go to our Heavenly Father with an attitude of absolute surrender that we need a Savior. Our strength is in our humility. It brings us to a place where we acknowledge our need every day for a Savior in our lives. 
And it's funny that Peter's the one who wrote this because Peter, he's known um, for humbling himself before God. Like this is the guy that um, Jesus rebukes constantly and he's always just putting his foot in his mouth. It's kind of, I kind of relate to Peter, to be honest. I always say something and then my wife afterwards goes, you know what you just said right then? And I'm like, yes, I know what I've just said. It's fine. And that's okay. My wife's watching on this. She can't bag me out until I get home. So I love you. Um, anyway, so Peter, he knows something about humility. In the Gospel of uh, Matthew, the account in, in the book of Matthew, in chapter 14, we read how Peter actually walks on water. But he doesn't just walk on still calm water. I don't know if you've seen, don't, I, I don't, uh, magicians try to walk on still water, but clearly they're not. They're fake. It's an illusion. Peter walks over the stormy seas. Now, I, I don't know if you've been on a boat during the storm. I've been on a cruise uh, while it's been stormy. And I'm telling you, it is not nice. It doesn't matter how many tablets you take for sea calming sickness. They don't work. Um, and it, you could, it's just rough and rough. And so Peter actually has the audacity to step out of the boat and into the ocean where the waves and the storm is crazy. And, and, and it, it, he starts to walk on water. But what I love is the Bible says immediately after. Before he, he steps on water, before he goes in the boat, it says immediately after. What happened before then is that he saw the greatest miracle ever with 5,000 plus people f- um, fed by a bunch of loaves and fishes by Jesus. He saw a miracle take place. This guy's faith is um, insane. He's, on, he's like, his faith has just risen. He's on fire right now. And what he does when he sees Jesus out in the, out in the, out in the water, he goes, Jesus, is that you? If it is, call out. And he goes, Jesus goes, come. And so what he does, he has his eyes fixed on Jesus and he walks on the very word of God and he walks out. But then what happens is he shifts from Jesus to the storm beside him and he starts to drown. Could our worries be that our shifting has gone from who is before us to what's going on around us? And the moment we shift our focus to what's going on around us, we start to drown. But here's the thing. The issue isn't that you're drowning. Because we've all gone there. The issue is, is that sometimes we're not close enough to Jesus for him to pull us back up. So Peter was close enough to Jesus that it said the word, the Bible says immediately Jesus reached out and picked him up. I'm challenging, where are you with your walk with God? If you're not in a good place with God, take some time today to, to get yourselves right with God. Get close to Jesus. And when and if you drown, you start to drown, he'll pull you back up. Humble yourselves under God's mighty hand, because in that way, He may lift you up in due time. Amen. 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 See, Peter doesn't stop here. I love it. In this verse, in most translation, it says, um, it says, cast your, it says, humble yourselves before the Lord, cast your cares. But it's actually, in the original, it's humble yourselves and then casting your cares. See, the two are connected. When you humble yourself, you start to, it's, it, it's shown by when you cast your cares. When we cast our cares, it shows that we're actually in humility going, I need you, I can't do this without you. And because he cares for you. And to cast is to throw, to release, to give, to surrender. When you surrender your cares and you make him king over your life, 
it brings us to a place of humility. Then, everybody say then. Write it in, then. Shake the person next to you and go then. If you're alone, shake yourself and go then. Then God gives you peace. And this peace, if God gives you peace, the world can't take from you because the world cannot take what the world has not given. And God will never take his peace from you. But it happens when you humble, when you cast, and then peace comes into our lives. Anxiety is fought on our knees and won in an act of surrender. So come to Jesus on your knees and say, I can't, but you can. Come to Jesus right now and say, I can't, but you can. I humble myself and I give it to you. Bow the knee. The second thing is, if you're done with worry, then come to Jesus with a surrendered posture. Bring in your faith Field requests. Faith field requests. Why don't you turn to Philippians 4, 6 to 7? Now I love I love this verse verse. My son actually, this is a song, it's a verse, but they've turned it into a song. And uh, my son plays it almost every day, and it's just stuck on repeat in my head. I think it's good. It's allowing the Word of God to wash over my life. It's a kid's song, YouTube, it's great. But we're told this is do not be anxious about anything. There you go again. Don't worry. Just don't worry. Don't be anxious about everything. It doesn't stop there. See, the issue with me, I stopped there with my life. I said, just don't worry about it. But, but, but here it says, do not be anxious. But, everybody yell out, but, 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 B-U-T, in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Two separate occasions right there we read that His peace will cover us when we what? We cast our cares to Him. We are told not to be worried. Doesn't matter how big, doesn't matter how small, doesn't matter what it is, everything casted to Him by prayer and supplication. See, I don't believe worry is the main issue. I think worry is an indicator. It's a symptom. It's an indicator of something that's going on within. If you're worried right now, if you're feeling anxious about the future, if you're feeling anxious about what's going on, it should be an indicator to you of that there is something going on within you, not just what's going on around you. It's like our car at the moment has a check engine light that's constantly on. Now, I've asked my wife to take it to the mechanics and um, she brought it back and it's still on. So I might have to go to the mechanics. Joking, but I'm, I'm just anxious driving this thing. I'm like, what's going to happen to my car? It's, you know, I can put a sticker over it. I can put a bandaid over this and, you know, the sticker, the, the light. But you know what? There's still something wrong with my car. You might put a band-aid over your worries and go, you know what? I might not think about it then. You know, to stop worrying, I might just not think about it. I'll think about something else. It's a band-aid. Don't let the band-aid stop you from dealing with, with what's going on within your heart. Anxiety isn't the problem. It's a symptom. So what we need to do, just like that car, if there's something going on, you need to go back to the manufacturer and have a look with what's going on on the inside. You don't go under the bonnet yourself. You take it to someone who made the car, who knows what the car is meant to do. Like me, if there's something going on, on the inside, I need to go straight to the one who created me so he can fix what's going on inside of me. I can't do it on my own. You can't do it on your own. You need to go back to your creator. He's the one who can fix what's going on inside of you. 
I love that he doesn't leave us alone, that he lets us stay with him. So if you're feeling nervous, bring it to him. If you're scared, bring it to him. You're worried about money. What is it? Bring it to Jesus. Bring your faith-filled request to him. Through prayer and supplication, we're leaning upon God like nothing else. We're leaning on him and not in our own understanding. The Bible says lean and trust in God and lean not in your own understanding. And it says present your requests to him. In, in the Greek translation, it actually is like let your needs be known. Let your needs be known to God. I have two kids, a uh, little boy and a little girl. And can I tell you, as a parent, I know when they're letting their needs be known to me. And it's usually at the most, it's usually when I'm like trying to study or I'm trying to do something and I hear this, Dad! And I'm like, yes. I'm like, I'm hungry. I'm like, okay, you had dinner, but I'm still hungry. We'll go to the fridge and get an apple. Can you go get the apple for me? Can you go cut it up? Like, he, like I have a, I have a six, almost six-year-old daughter. I love you if you're watching, honey. And um, she, you know what? When she walks into the room, everything changes because, like, she will give me that one look. And with that one look, I know exactly what the problem is. I know who did it. I know how to fix it. And I know if I don't do something straight away, I'm in her bad books for a while. She gives me that angry look. Because everyone else got parents, got that kid who just comes in and is like, Daddy. And I was like, oh, no, I know exactly. But in that same manner, like, you have to go to God and bring your request. If you need to cry out to Him, cry out to Him. If you need to yell at Him in honor, yell at Him in honor. He's a big God. He can handle some yelling. He can handle. He wants you to be real with Him. Make your requests known to Him. And then... His peace will guard and protect your heart and mind. Why the heart and mind? It it should say that God will come and fix everything. Like if I'm going to make my requests known to God, He should fix everything, shouldn't He? Shouldn't He come and fix my issues? But it doesn't say that. He goes, I'm coming to give you peace to guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. And why is that? See, the mind is understanding while the heart flows the issues of life. When peace is guarding our understanding and the source of life's issue, it prevents us from falling away from our faith. It prevents us from falling away on our convictions of who God is in our life. And can I ask you a question? What is more important? God fixing everything around us or our, like, or, 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 or my faith in God actually being strong despite what's going on around us? Because I would rather be strong in God and nothing change out there than everything change out there and then lose myself, like, like not like walk away, whatever, not have faith. I would rather faith in me, faith in God in me than the circumstances around. The Bible says in Psalm 55, 22, cast your burdens on the Lord, cast your cares on the Lord. He will sustain you. That's the promise. He will sustain you. He will never permit, never permit the righteous to fall away. If you cast your cares to Him, He will sustain you and He will never permit you to move away. God will sustain you. That means your faith will grow. 
That means he will speak to you. Your faith will start to grow and go, this situation is not affecting how I, uh, what I believe, how I feel. And when your faith starts to grow, anything can happen. You see, when, when Peter, when, with faith, Peter walked on water, right? With faith, Jesus spoke to the weather system of the world and it, spoke, and, and it stood still. And you know, it's crazy. It reminds me of a story. Now, I'm not lying. This is honestly what happened. I was driving out a couple of years ago from home to go pick up my son from school. And he was in kindy at this point. And I'm halfway to school and it's bucketing down rain. Like, it's like gray scale. It's like, the, it's like, it's like end of days. It's like, it's raining. And I'm like, I left my umbrella at home. And, you know, you're at that point where you're halfway to where you need to be. And if I turn around now, I'm going to be late to pick him up. And he's in kindergarten. He's like six, five years old. He's going to hate me. Like, I'm not doing that. I'm just, I went, you know what? Jesus, you spoke to the storm. I'm speaking to the storm. I'm full of faith. I've already, I've, you know, I'm, I've just been spending time with God. And uh, I'm, I'm in the car. I'm not lying. I'm on the Great Western Highway. I'm driving out. And I said, storm, be still. Rain, cease now in Jesus' name. And then all of a sudden, while I'm driving, nothing happens. And I was like, that didn't work. So I do it again. In the name of Jesus, I command you to be still. And then all of a sudden, nothing happened. And okay, I was like, you know what? I've prayed. I'm going to believe. I'm going to have faith that you are going to move this storm because I can't pick him up in, while it's raining. And all of a sudden, it's crazy. I, I rock up to the school. There's, the sun's not out. The moment I arrive, my car stops. The, 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 the rain starts to stop. I'm not lying. I open the car door. I walk out. It stops raining. I'm like, I've got two minutes, three minutes to pick up Judah. I go in there. I go, hey, buddy, how are you? Hey, Judah wants to talk to me about his day. I'm like, buddy, you're not now. We've got to go, man. He goes, I want to tell you about my day. No, no, no. Tell me in the car. Come on, come on. I'm just like, I'm, I'm dragging him. Parents are watching me. I'm like, get in the car. The moment we get in the car and we start driving off, literally down the end of the street, it starts to rain heavy again. I'm not lying to you right now. That is incredible because the faith within me is greater than the circumstances around me. Don't change the situation around you. Change yourself in the situation. Then you can change things that's happening to you maybe. But you know what? His peace guards your heart and mind. And maybe you might think, and I've had that, but nothing around me is changing. Can I just tell you, this too shall pass. Whatever season you're in, it shall pass. Last year, we lost, my wife lost her, her, um, her father. And uh, it was one of the most trying things we've ever gone through. We believed for him. To, you know, we prayed. We commanded the sickness to leave. We commanded health to happen. And, 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 and we were driving to see him. We thought this is going to be it. We're praying. We get there and we don't even get to say goodbye and he dies. You know what held us? It's his love and his peace. I, I don't understand it. I don't understand why. And instead of worrying, I trusted God. His peace flooded my heart, my mind. You know, during the whole time of that funeral part, I was able to witness to cousins and family and speak life. And my wife, we just grew stronger in faith because this too shall pass. He is so in love with you and he wants to give you that peace. So if you're done with worry, come to Jesus with a surrendered posture, bringing your faithful requests while having a praiseful perspective. See, a praiseful perspective will shift your view on the situation you're facing. I've heard it said that faith and fear are the two sides of the same coin. And how you view your situation will determine how you go through that situation. Now, you can feel afraid. It's okay to be afraid. 
feel afraid, but don't stay afraid. If you're feeling anxious, it's okay, but don't stay in a place of anxiety. You know, David, in Psalms 56, he writes these crazy, this guy's a man of God, and he says, when I am afraid, I put my trust in you, in God whose word I praise, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? See, I love when he's real. Like, he's so vulnerable. I am afraid. The context to this is that he's running from someone who's trying to kill him, yeah? And then he gets captured by an army who's trying to kill him as well. So he's running from someone who's trying to kill him. He's captured by the enemy, and he's freaking out. And he goes, God, I'm afraid. Like, when I'm afraid, I'm afraid right now. But I'm afraid. But the fear is real. He doesn't deny being afraid. And maybe you can relate. Maybe you've lost your job. Maybe there's no income coming in. But maybe you're worried about the future. You have no idea what's going to happen. Is anyone out there? Is anyone? Let's be real this morning. I've woken up fearful. Am I going to have a job tomorrow? Well, I don't think that. I'm always, <laughs> but like, you know, what's going to happen? What, what's going to happen? Are we ever going to meet as a church again? Are we going to like, but I've got to stop and go, when I'm afraid. But I trust you. I see this in a completely situation. Be real with God. Don't pretend like everything's okay. You cannot see a breakthrough in your life unless you acknowledge something needs breaking through. Acknowledge what it is, but don't stay there. Bring it to God. Fix your eyes. Shift your perspective and go, but this too, I can, he can. You know, I, I think David went through a faith shakeup. He reminded himself of the God he serves. Like, you imagine he would have been there going, hang on, you're the one who helped me take down a lion and a bear and a giant. You set my people free. My gosh, I can, you can do all things. If God is on my side, there's no one can stand against us. Because you see here, he goes, in God whose word I praise, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me when anxiety starts to hit? If worry starts to creep into your mindset, if, if you start thinking the wrong things, you know, it's like going into your car, putting it on the radio and hearing the tune that you don't like. What do you do? You change the tune. You don't just listen to a song you don't like. You change the tune. If you're hearing voices of negativity in your head, change the tune. Start seeing it from a different perspective perspective and start saying this, this I know that God is for me and in God whose word I praise, in the Lord whose word I praise, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid. Church, God is for you. He is with you. He is with you wherever you are. If you're feeling anxious, you got to stop and see it in another perspective. He is for you. He loves you. He lives within you. The enemy wants to steal, kill and destroy everything that you've gone after, but God wants to give you life and life to the Remind yourself that the creator of the heavens and earth is on your side. Doesn't matter what you're going through. He will bring you through it. He will bring you through it. He brought me through it. If he can do it to me, he can do it to you as well. He is for you. And back to Philippians 4, 6. You know how we read it earlier. We always start in Philippians 4, 6, do not be anxious. You know, it's crazy. He actually says in verse, verse 4, he says this, rejoice in the Lord always. Everybody say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. In always. Always means, now I looked this up, the word always means always. Always 
Rejoice. So, so if I get a flat tire, I'm meant to rejoice? Yes, rejoice always. I know it sounds funny. I know it looks silly, but rejoice always. Why? Because you're changing your perspective. You're shifting from the bad stuff to what God can do in and through. He had a praiseful perspective. And you've got to understand, this guy was in prison. He was locked up. He was in jail. It was like the end of the road for him. But he continues in Philippians 1, he says this, I want you to know that what has happened to me has not hindered but helped the ministry. Wait, you're in jail. What's happened to you is actually good? Hang on. How does that even work? And then he says, causing the gospel to expand and spread to many people. For now the elite Roman guards and the government officials overseeing my imprisonment have plainly recognized I'm here because of my love for Jesus. And what I'm going through has actually caused many believers to become even more courageous in the Lord and to be bold and passionate to preach the word all because of my change. You see, his perspective about his situation transformed a generation. That's insane. That It doesn't matter what you may be facing right now. You need to understand that the way you handle it can help and change the lives around you. He wants to do something in you first so he can do something through you to change those around you. And I, So what's your situation right now? What is happening around you? What are you worried about? Go there right now. What are you worried about? What is your what if? What if this happens? What if this happens? What if this happens? Can I ask you a question? What if it happens? What if it happens? Where are you going to run to? I'd rather run to a God who loves me than run on my own. And He absolutely loves you and He's for you. What are you fearing right now? What is causing you to stay awake? Let's be real. Come to Jesus. We had a testimony. One of my friends has been, hasn't been able to sleep since this whole COVID-19 took place. Lost his job, anxious, no way out. And in this particular field, it's like no one's getting work. And we had enough and we started to pray. We prayed and prayed and I said, you just need to give it to God. You need to come to Him, surrender, give Him your praise, give him, and, and just shift your focus. Just trust Him in it. Incredible that that night he slept for the first time um, in this period. Anxiety just lifted off. You know, the most insane thing is, is that the very next day he got a phone call from someone that he wasn't like expecting anything. He got a phone call from someone and they, they said, hey, let's meet up. We're going to have a job interview. I want to I employ you. At this hour, I'm gonna, they, they met up. He got the job and it's amazing that God looks after you. He will never, ever let you fall. But it must start by coming to Him, acknowledging your need for Jesus, that He loves you. He doesn't want you to worry. There's nothing to worry about. What's there to worry about? If God is for you, if the King rules your life, everything must bow down to the feet of Jesus. So if you're worried right now, I just pray that God would just overshadow you where you are with His peace to guard your minds and your hearts right now. Why don't you just lift your hands if you're comfortable. Why don't you cry out if you're desperate, in desperation, come to Him. At the end of your ropes, excellent. That's where He works the best, when it's all of Him and less of you. So Father, we lay it at your feet. 
despite what happens around us, we ask for peace. The most fought-after, uh, um, you know, asset in this world, people want peace. You give us peace that's everlasting. We just take it and we receive it and we walk in it. Jesus, my name. listening to the GGC Life Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. For more, please visit our website, ggclife.com or email us, ggclife at ggclife.com. From our house to yours, be blessed.